episode number 13 of the Who Am I podcast with the Southside Church of Christ. This is Brian Dill. I'm Jackson Wells. And we are excited to have with us today our friend Adam Richardson, who is the preacher for the Petersville Congregation in Alabama, in uh, <laughs> the name of the town just left me, Florence, Alabama. <laughs> right. Yes, that's the town. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I forget sometimes, too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> so, Adam, we are are glad that you have joined us for this episode, and, and we are especially excited about the first part of this episode where we get to surprise you with some random questions. All right, so here we go. Here, we're going to give you five questions. All right. right. And I do not think quickly on my feet, so just... That's that's okay. This is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. You you take your time. (laughs) Number one, uh, you have lived in South Carolina. You've lived in a couple different places in Western Tennessee. You have lived in Mississippi. You have lived now in Alabama. Correct. Now, without disparaging anything about any of them, of course, every every state has their pluses and minuses and whatever, and that's fine. Amongst the places you have lived, who has the best barbecue? Oh, Oh. (laughs) I thought. If you didn't want me to disparage, then you needed to pick up another topic. Because um, people take their barbecue seriously. You I know. know that. <laughs> barbecue is serious. Look, I've had really good barbecue and I like barbecue. I I will still say to this day that the two best barbecue places I have been, one is in Clemson, South Carolina. It's called the Smoking Pig. And it is fabulous stuff. It's right outside of Clemson. They've featured it, you know, on when game day came to Clemson a couple times. I think every time, I think every time Clemson or game day has come to Clemson, they have gone to eat at, um, at the smoking pig. Now they'll also go to some other places, right? um, but they really, and they, and they should, it's, they really know how to do good barbecue. And I know that some Texas people are going to be angry when I say this, but the best brisket I ever had was in South Carolina at the smoking pig. Uh, They really did that brisket. Well, it was amazing. It was amazing. But the other place I'm really lucky to be able to say this because it is true is about two miles from my house where I'm sitting right now. And that's a a little hole in the wall place called sledges barbecue miles and Tina sledge. Good couple. And they have been, they have been doing barbecue for decades and they know what they're doing. He's let me come back there and, you know, see the, the smoke pit and how he oh, does man, his wings and how he does his, uh, his, you know, the pork and everything. And, and they have something here in, uh, they have something in North Alabama. I've never had anywhere else uh, at any other barbecue place. And it goes with chicken. So it doesn't necessarily go with pulled pork or barbecue, but, but they, they'll have it at every barbecue place. Uh, it's, it's a white sauce and I've, I haven't had it in any other place before. Yeah. I've never, um, I've never heard of a white sauce. Yeah. White yeah. sauce. I've heard of it. I've totally. never had it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's fabulous on, uh, you know, on the chicken that they do out here and stuff. And now, so like, they, uh, on barbecue chicken. Mm, yeah. So they'll do barbecue chicken or smoked, um, sledges really likes, they, they smoke, he smokes chicken. Oh my goodness. It's fabulous. And then they'll make their own chicken. You know, they make chicken sandwiches and they do wings. I'll put the white sauce on the wings um, okay. instead of, you know, like a barbecue sauce or something like that. But they're yeah. op- it's one of those places. It's only open Thursday, Friday and Saturday. You know, oh, wow. so you got to go. And at 11 o'clock in the morning, that place is full and you're just going to have to wait wow. till about 1.30 or 2. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to be packed and it's so good. So good. OK, so I was about to say. I've been to Florence twice and you <laughs> have not taken me. No, I three have not. Times, and true. you have not taken me to this pl- barbecue place. I know. But you just answered that question Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
Uh, right. You I don't just think thought I've ever we were been on one of those days. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what it is. Yeah, it's not. It's not you personally. Um, I vetted you well enough. I think that you you would be allowed in. But um, it's really good. I mean, their their pulled pork sandwich is just is really good. So. All right. All right. Uh, Jackson and I are planning a trip then. <laughs> yeah. Need, need some good. Barbecue. You tell me when. I'll make it happen. <laughs> All right. My first question for you is, um, I. I I've not known you for very long and I, I still don't know you very well, but the first time that I interacted with you was at, uh, I believe top golf in Nashville. Yeah. So yeah. my question for you is someone who, who spent some time at top golf. What is the best game mode? Oh, that's a good question. So now I, I'm just going to cut to the chase because different top golf venues have different types of, of computer access and, you know, different right. types of technology. So Nashville has the higher class, the newer version of their, their technology, okay. which is called top tracer. So it actually has a camera that will follow your golf ball and it will use that camera um, data to trace how, uh, much spin there is on the ball, how what the ball speed is, you know, where the trajectory is going and all that kind of stuff. And so they can use that to simulate um, the flight of your golf ball. And so they have fun games where you can, you know, they can create a completely virtual environment and they will show you where your golf ball goes. Yeah. And so I loved it when they, you know, Angry Birds is is a fun a phone game that I was really addicted to when it first came out. <laughs> I had to limit my screen time when Angry Birds came out. And so when they had it on the golf, you know, at Top Golf, I really loved playing it. And and it's kind of fun. There's a lot of luck, you know, that goes into that. Yeah. I think. And yeah. So that can make it fun for groups, you know, to play because you yeah. don't necessarily have to just be based on who's the best. Um, but then my favorite, I just love, you know, a place like Nashville has virtual golf courses. Yeah. And so you can go play Pebble Beach, you know, it's uh, cool. or St. Andrews, you know, over in Scotland. And I just, awesome. I think that's really fun. It's got limitations, but for my money, that's what I'm going to spend a lot of time doing oh, yeah. I'm up in Nashville. <laughs> love it. Love it. It's great. It's great. Uh, I thought he was going to say Jewel Jam, but I guess not. I was not going to say Jewel Jam, and I didn't <laughs> want to, you know, burden. I did not want to burden your listening public with my diatribe against the evils of that ridiculous <laughs> game. If you take your toddler, if you take your three-year-old to Top Golf, let them play Jewel Jam. Other than that, no sane <laughs> human being should ever look at that option. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, all right. That's perfect. <laughs> I feel like he's actually mad about that. Oh, man. He hates I am, that game I am literally angry about that game. <laughs> I have never won that game. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Asher consistently beats me at that game <laughs> uh, just by happenstance. Okay. So, the next question. Uh, I was looking at the calendar. And I uh, was thinking about when this episode is going to be released. And I realized uh, it's pretty close to the end of the month of March, the beginning of April. And I thought, hmm, I don't know if I've ever asked you this before. Have you ever played an April Fool's joke on your congregation where you were preaching? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I don't think I've ever done a specific April Fool's joke on the congregation or, you know, or folks like that. Um, and now I'll be honest, it's been a couple of years since I've like actually set out to plan a really good April <laughs> Fool's Day gag. Right. I feel like I've done a couple in my in my youth when I was, you know, young and dumb. Um <laughs> Now I'm old and dumb and I can't get away with it as much. Right. That's the problem. Yeah, um, you should know better than to do something like that. I should. I should. I it doesn't stop me, but but I should. But no, I haven't. I don't think I've I'm always worried about now. I'm worried about, you know, I read all those stories about how these how those backfire, you know. And it's like, ha, right. I'm breaking up with you. And it's like, well, fine, I was cheating on you anyway. So I was, oh, no. I was, like, I was April Fools. Yeah. It's too late. It's yeah. too late. Yeah. So I don't want to uh, give anybody that chance. So. Right. Yeah. You, 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 April fools, you know, joke be, you know, I'm, I'm moving on to a, a new work. And then you have people say, right. 
Hallelujah. Ooh, finally, <laughs> we were waiting. Exactly. And you're like, oh, wait, no, I, I, I'm What I meant kidding. to say. <laughs> I've heard the, the the one where, you know, the guy pretends he's he's moving. I've heard of the one where the guy uh, announces his wife's pregnant and she's not really. And Ooh. people get really excited for a second. And then he says, just yep. kidding. And then people are kind of mad. <laughs> people get. Yeah. And I Why have heard, you know, I've seen people. I've I've seen people post on the internet, you know, there's people out in the congregation that are infertile and and you don't joke about, you know, pregnancies and right, stuff like right. that. So, you know. Yeah, you, gotta, you, you don't want to be careful with that kind of thing. You don't want you got to know your audience. You definitely right. got to know who your people are. I uh, honestly am, among the three of us, I think Jackson could get away with it. Announcing uh, yeah. that my wife is pregnant? No, no, not that. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't have a wife. <laughs> no, I you think, could announce I an engagement. You could, you, ooh, you could announce. Oh, man. That, that would be. Oh, no. <laughs> Honestly, I was thinking more in terms of you, you've got the youth group. You can mess with them all you want, you know. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. that that could be that could actually be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll miss. Yeah, and I have no objections to messing with the youth group. I mess with kids. Oh, yeah, yeah they you should do that. <laughs> they they do. mess with they me do. enough. They deserve it. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> All right. Next question. This one's completely hypothetical. Um, okay. Kind of like a would you rather? Um, Give them the choice between fighting uh, one hundred chicken-sized horses, or oh. or one. Horse size chicken. What would what would you rather fight? To the death. To the death. How many horse sized or chicken sized horses? 100. 100. 100. But they're horses versus a chicken that is the size of well, let's just call that what it is. That's called an ostrich. I think it (laughs) I think it would be I think it would be slightly bigger. Slightly bigger. The neck yeah. would not be, you know, part of the what you would factor in. I can tell you one thing. My wife would not be around for that fight. Um, my wife is deathly afraid of birds. And a chicken that were that large would be the end of her. Okay. Um, I want, so, so the truth of the matter is, I would definitely take on the horses. Um, because as small as they are, I, you know, I'm not really worried about the amount of the only real weapon they have at their disposal is the, the hind kick. And yeah, if, if their legs are only six inches long, uh, they just can't get enough of a punch there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be able to take them out, but I would like to say that I would be able to take out a chicken just because that would be like the ultimate Clemson tiger fan. Yes. dream Come true is to yeah. get in the ring with the chicken. I'm thinking, you know, now I'm thinking, you know, about taking out, you know, the mascot, the you know, clout. yeah, um, right. Yeah. So okay. it would be great. a dream come true, but <laughs> I'm telling you, they don't have, you know, rooster fights, you know, rooster fighting rings for, for no reason. Right. Yeah. Those, well, now, those I, animals are, are dangerous. Yes, they, they are. I, I've seen, I'm just imagining a, I, I, I had chickens when I was in high school and uh, we'd let them out or, you know, let them scrounge around. I've seen a chicken that is tiny eat an entire snake. Now the snake wasn't, yeah. but that big, you know, six inches long, which is, I mean, still an impressive thing for a chicken to do. Now I'm imagining a chicken with, you know, it just scaled up. I'm imagining that thing coming at me and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it just takes. And when one they get riled back. up. Yeah. When they get riled up, they're fearless. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they don't care. Yeah. They will take you out. So I would not, I would not want to be, um, I would not want to be face to face with one of those. Sorry. We watch uh, America's Funniest Videos and some of the videos that we've seen a lot of uh, lately has been, you know, people getting attacked by a chicken or a duck or <laughs> yeah, a goose and they're chasing them whatever. around the and, yeah, and yeah. Dana's answer to that every time is like, "This is stupid. It's just a little bird. Kick it or something. It's not going to be able to do anything <laughs> to you." I was like, "Dana, you have no idea. You lose, You've yeah. never been chased by one of these things. You lose all of your survival instincts." <laughs> but I will <laughs> no, say, hey. once you. Once you finally do it one time, you you're like, oh, it oh is, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You realize, but like, but like, it's you talk about like a goose or something, and they yeah. go and spread their wings, and they got uh-huh. like a four foot wingspan, and they start stretching out towards you. I mean, yeah, that's a little intimidating, even when they're that size. You you yes. start getting a much bigger than that. We got a especially problem. when you're like 
11. Yeah. <laughs> there's big some of us, some of us know, you know, exactly how that works. Because, Man. yeah, yeah. The, the, the Brian's wearing his Palmetto Bible Camp shirt, which I <laughs> appreciate. But uh, Pal- at Palmetto Bible Camp, we had a duck or we had a goose for a while. And it was very territorial little booger. You did not want to cross Charlie uh, because he there was no fear. He would eat you alive. Yeah, he would. Golly. Man. Okay, so our final question. This is a very simple one. Uh-huh. What's the square root of 121? That's... <laughs> <laughs> I am. I will be able to answer that question as soon as you remind me what a square root is. <laughs> it will not be a difficult thing for me to do. If you I am a calculator. Yeah, I'm like, okay, Google. <laughs> My phone will help me. Um, it's eleven, but hey, you got it. All right. <laughs> What do you I've mean? been thinking about it this entire time. <laughs> I have been sandbagging you with jokes while I figured out what is the square root of 121. <laughs> because I hate math so very much. Oh, man. You, knew that. you knew that. You brought out the kryptonite against me. I did. I did. Knew. Just because I knew the reaction would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to be off balance the rest of this, this podcast. Okay. So now we're going to we're going to get into the meat of the week. And uh, Adam is joining us for this episode to discuss kind of a an unusual question, I would say. Yeah. You know, so so many of our questions we have tried to to focus on perhaps something that is based strictly in scripture in some way, or perhaps that is a question about scripture when it comes to our identity as Christians. But uh, this question is, I think, a whole different (laughs) brand of question, at least as far as what we're going to deal with today. And the question is, am I woke? So, Adam. So, What are some things, what what kinds of things immediately come to mind for you when that term is used? So, you know, I think that we're definitely talking about something that's a really tricky subject to address. I just, for the fun of it, you know, just to kind of get a pulse on what's going on with that that term right now, just did a Google search. Okay. And three days ago, there was a um, an interview taking place, um, political, you know, folks talking about different things. And and this author was asked what she meant by the term woke. And she had a meltdown on um, not in a meltdown. She had a, a what we would call maybe a brain freeze. Um, oh, I she, she was using the term. So the interviewer was asking questions and she was saying, you know, this is woke and that's woke. And the interviewer said, so so what do you mean by woke so that I can make sure we're on the same page? Right. And she blanked. Fair, fair you know, question. she was like, uh, uh right. So <laughs> the idea of wokeness right now is a really big deal. Like, again, just talking about exactly what's happening in the news right now. There was an article in the USA Today on March the 9th okay. on what does woke mean? You oh, know, great. Asking that okay. exact question. What does woke mean? The, the bank that collapsed, and I'm not a financial guy, but Silicon Valley Bank, right? Right. So it's collapsing and it's closed up and that's really bad. And there were several articles the week, you know, that they shut down or whatever that um, accused part of the problem on their risk assessment manager. The risk manager was too busy with woke politics and policies okay. to pay attention to where the money was going. Uh-huh. And so- <laughs> There's this whole thing going on right now with the idea of where these banks, you know, are these businesses woke businesses and is it hurting or helping, you know, their business practices? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So when we're talking about, it's really important that we start with a discussion about defining our terms. Absolutely. Um, Yes. (laughs) You know, I think that it's really important to recognize that this term has been shifting lately 
Yes. I've, I've looked it up. I've looked it up in three different places and three different sources that I talked about were very blunt to say that it is, you know, the definition is in flux right now, that it has changed from what it used to be. And so, you know, they say, you know, this word's been around as a, a term for consciousness, for social consciousness, at least from what I could find, you know, a hundred years or more. And I am, I am not equipped, you know, to speak to <laughs> the history of this term. Right. So this is, this is way right. beyond, right. The, you know, the, 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 my purview, this is, this is a bigger thing from me, but the, the fact of the matter is, is any definition you pick, somebody else is going to be able to come after you and say, well, I disagree with that because <laughs> that's not the definition that I use, you know? Right. And so right. <laughs> trying to figure out what it means to be woke right now, I'm just talking about within this three year period. Sure. Means different things to different people because originally it was uh, Miriam Webster, right? They said originally it was being aware of and actively attentive to important facts and issues. I am awake, right? I'm awake. Okay, okay. But then uh, by the end of the 2000s, uh, when you get into the 2010, 2011, it had become a pejorative, a pejorative term for anyone who appears left-leaning. Right. Right. Now those are two Which, very different meanings. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the that that's one of the things that I found a little surprising because I I I've heard it used maybe a little bit in that pejorative way and that and that's all it means is just anybody that's left of center. Uh right. because, and I was surprised by by that because that has actually from from what research I was able to do, that has been a an evolution of the term, like you said, just in the last three four years. Not Absolutely. not even considering the fact, like you said, that this is a term that goes back a hundred years, and even being used as a a term for something that is in any way related to social issues. That even goes back 80 years because I saw references in the 40s to uh, racial injustice, uh, even going back as far as that. And so I thought, wow, how strange that that it has gone from from that use and was used in that way for decades. And then it has morphed a couple different times in the last maybe 10 years. (laughs) <laughs> I would say I would say probably one of the major reasons for that happening is originally it was part of one particular community's language. Yes. Right. This was right. a part of the black community. Yes. And that's they're They're the ones that started using that term as an idea for being aware of, you know, what's going on racially. What's being, you know, um, are you are you conscious of, you know, what's happening to our people? Right. As, as a concept and then and it and just to be per, to use that concept most everybody outside of that community was not woke they weren't aware of it as a term it wasn't a that wasn't a concept you know that they would be keyed in on right like it was within that community but then you had you know um George Floyd and you had you know other uh members of the black community that were you know brutality or police, you know, injustice or things like that. So the Black Lives Movement comes along and people really get on board with that. And the term woke meets a broader audience. Exactly. And so now it's a term that's not limited to one community. And as it has been in the last 10 years introduced to a wider audience, new people are taking that term and they're beginning to associate it uh, with different things and get into different areas of meaning. And that's why it's in flux right now. And I mean, I, I think a, fir- a good first question to ask is, is that even fair? Do you get to take somebody else's word and then make it start applying to other things and other issues or not? Right. Um, right. How, how, then, that, how that works and looks. Whenever you take that term and you, you know, give it to a broader audience, the, the things that 
<laughs> I want to be woke about aren't going to be the same things that you want to be woke Bingo. about. Yeah, and so right. you automatically are creating division in what the goal is to to bring everybody together. So it, it's, Instead it's of, yes. slightly paradoxical. <laughs> and I think right. that it winds up being segregate, you know, it winds up being segregatory rather than, you know, a thing, to, an umbrella to bring people under. So, so that's definitely the progression that that uh, I read uh, in, in multiple places where it went from just like Adam said in the in the African American community a, a term that is used to be alert to the racial injustices that are going on you know acknowledge that that's what's going on let's let's you know think about ways to to try and combat that in some way and and that sort of thing and and it, and that's what it was for so long until within the last 10 years and the first uh, the first shift was exactly what Jackson just said in that it it became now woke is just a term that anybody can use to refer to any perceived injustice that they think everybody needs to be alert to and and they think that uh, something needs to be done about this, right? And then from there, I think what has happened is in reaction to that term being used so broadly, now there's this almost knee-jerk reaction that says, it's a now, we're, now we're going to use this as a pejorative about all right. of these left-of-center ideas and and it's just trying to have this discussion that we're trying to have today is Makes, it's complicated. complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say that USA Today article I mentioned just from last week. They polled, right? They polled Americans. I don't know how many they look at. You may have seen the same poll. Okay. Um, but they've got their own definition of, of woke. So, Well, they ask Americans, what does woke mean to you? So 56% said that woke means to be informed, educated on, and aware of social injustices. So that's the definition, nearly 60% of people. Then the 39% of people, there was, again, so this is still close. It's a little bit leaning towards that first definition. But 40%, for, uh, you know, 40% said to be overly politically correct and police one's words. Or wow. police others, police others' words. Okay. So when it began to be associated with cancel culture, which we might talk right. about a little bit, you know, more, right. you know, in a minute. But so those definitions are very different. And one of them is 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 much more, like we've said, pejorative than the other. Um, yeah, exactly. That we need to exactly. be aware of. We're in dangerous water. I mean, you just need to know that. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Because there's articles out there, you know, Slate has an article that if you're white, you're using the word wrong, you know, period. Period, no matter what. Yeah. Both oh, sides man. of the aisle. It doesn't matter if you're trying to, if you're trying to be woke or if you're trying to oppose wokeness, you know, as some kind of political correctness, you know, you're just, you're, you're wrong. Now that's a couple of years old and, and the definition has continued to shift. So right. you know, we're still right. aware of that. And that's what makes it complicated. But when we're going to ask a question, am I woke? You know, you need to understand the spectrum that you're looking at here. And what version of that are you going to, you know, are you going to be keying in on to try and figure out, is this something that I want to associate myself with or not? And I think that's what the evolution of the term over the last uh, four or five years uh, has created, you know, when it comes to the confusion about, about it is, some people immediately associate certain things with the term and say, you as a Christian should have nothing to do with any semblance of wokeness. Right. And, and, right. and it's a it's a kind of a knee-jerk reaction. And and I think that's kind of where I wanted us to dig in a little bit more and say, you know, is that really where we should be? Or should we maybe acknowledge that there are some elements of the way this is used 
sometimes, depending on the context, that is perfectly biblical and scriptural. Right. Yeah. I mean, now, you know, I, I want to throw this in because you mentioned it earlier that it's kind of strange and, and new, uh, you know, how negatively the word is being used kind of it's uh, articles I read talk about it being weaponized, you know, it's a, right. it is an insult, you know, and, and this idea of avoiding wokeness, there are definitely areas and there are definitely people from the political standpoint who are using that as a rallying cry. You know, there was a politician uh, just over in the past month or so who started their campaign and um, the statement that they made in their campaign speech was wokeness is a virus more dangerous than any pandemic hands down. Wow. Right? wow. And so that's somebody who is in a very public political arena speaking at a national level. And, and they are, you know, there are, there are ways that that term is being used to lump everybody that's bad, you know, into a group. And right. whether or not that's fair or not, whether or not that's appropriate, whether or not I agree with the politician or not, all of that's beside right. the point. What I'm getting at is it is being, you know, there is a segment of people that are taking the term and they're, they're, they're using it to create a label that you have yes. to be aware of. Absolutely. Um, and, and those blanket statements like that are, I think are problematic yeah. In in that it communicates a message to people that if you don't do a little more digging, if you don't look a little closer at how this term is used, you may trust that politician A or B or whatever knows what they're talking about and uh, or or, you know, per, just whoever it is that has a public forum available to them is speaking accurately. And then you just go along with it. And that's a Right. That's that's one of our biggest challenges, I think, especially as Christians, to try and sort through the weeds a little bit and get a little better sense of what this really means and how it can be used in different contexts and uh, make sure that we're not making assumptions about it. Well, that's, you know, what you're describing there is critical thinking. I think if anything, <laughs> right. Christians need to be critical thinkers. And yes. um, anything that that dampens or or hampers or prohibits critical thinking, I don't care where it's coming from. That's that's problematic. You know, Absolutely. I teach, um, you know, I teach logic and debate and, and you know, full, you know, some some, you know, from the philosophy standpoint and stuff like that, like at the high school level, you know, nothing, nothing major. But um but we talk about, you know, when it comes to like to debate, for instance, you know, not only are def is defining your terms important, but when you're practicing debate, you know, like debate teams and, and things like that, oftentimes what really helps you develop your critical thinking skills is I make students debate both sides of the issue. Yes. You'll, uh, you know, I'll give you a proposition and the first go round Student A has the affirmative and student B has the, the negative. But then after they finish that, I'm going to make them swap sides. And they're going to have, you know, and that's not, I didn't invent that at all. That is a pretty standard practice right. uh, to, to, go, to go through and, and make sure. Here's, here's kind of what it boils down to. No matter how much I disagree with the conclusions of another person or another group, there's a kernel in there that makes sense. Sure. It certainly makes sense to them. And right. if I'm thinking critically about it, I could probably find what that is. You know, I could find the the things that uh, I share in common. You know, I, I say, like, you know what? I agree with that part. I agree with that part. Here's the points that I that I get. And here's the points that I, I do think are significant. Now, once you get to this point, you start to lose me. Right. So we have right. to continue discussing this stuff over here. But if you can't find anything positive or anything, you know, that makes sense about your opponent's, you know, view, you're probably not looking hard enough. Um, right. That's that's evidence that you're not using critical thinking quite enough. Now, that's not to say there aren't a couple of purely evil people out there, you know. Sure, uh, sure. You're saying uh, you're not you're not thinking critically uh, about it. You know, there's another term for that. 
intellectually lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot. It's so much easier to follow the crowd, right? It is. Talk about it is. You know, just just pick a side and then just follow blindly wherever they go, and <laughs> and then you release yourself of responsibility. You release yourself right. from uh, the the burden of having to wrestle with this stuff. And it's simple. It's easy to just say, "Hey, I'm in this camp." You know, that's. I think initially that was one of the things that the idea of being woke was trying to address. It's just because something doesn't happen to you specifically doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Right. And you need to wake up. You need to be aware of the larger, aware of the broader conversation. There are things going on outside of your immediate perspective that are significant and that matter. Yes. And, um, and that's really, you know, in, in that from that standpoint, yeah, we need to wake up. You know, we need to we need to be aware of those realities beyond just what's happening to us and right around us. So with that in mind, then let's let's talk a little bit about that common ground that, that you that you mentioned. Let's talk a little bit about some of the elements of the the message whether it it is the original context of what it meant to be woke even transitioning in some of the ways that it has today what are some of the elements of the woke culture that we could say yeah that's actually a biblical principle so i i kind of tie this into as i was thinking about this idea I'm, I'm really big on what Paul says over in first Corinthians nine, you know, 19 and following about being all things to all men. Okay. So that by all means I can save some, right? Right. So he's like to the Jews, I am someone who is under the law so that I can reach the Jews, but to the Gentiles, I'm not under the law. I'm free. So I can be what I need to be for the Gentiles. And, 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 and in every circumstance and situation, I believe what Paul, one of the things Paul is saying there is I'm looking for commonality. You know, I'm mm. looking for the common ground. I, I believe an element of being woke is required for that. To have that perspective, how can I understand how to have a conversation with someone who is a part of a different group than me? I don't care if it's ethnicity. I don't care if it's gender. I don't care if it's socio you know, economic, you know, I don't care if it's culturally language. If all I have is my own perspective, I'm going to be extremely limited in my ability to connect with them. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, initially at its bare minimum, there's that idea of being aware of and conscious to another person's perspectives and another person's experiences that are different from my own. And acknowledging that and trying to understand, okay, if I were in your shoes, I would probably feel the exact same way. Mm. And then being able to have that conversation, you know, I believe it starts with at least an element of that aspect of wokeness, you know, what we mean. Right. Um, what, uh, one of the things that's changed, one of these things that shifted, and I found this in a couple different places that I was looking is the idea that originally it was a term for a consciousness. It was a term for an, an outlook and an approach. Okay. But now it has become associated with action. Oh. So only only activists are the ones who are really woke. Oh. So if you're aware of something and you're not out there fighting against it, if you're not out there doing something about it, if you're not trying to tear down this right. establishment or this system, then you're not truly woke. Oh, interesting. So, okay. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's some, that's where that animosity begins to come from. Yes. You know, yes. Cancel culture, you know, maybe as, as this concept of cancel culture kind of rose at the same time as the concept of wokeness, you know, that was that activism at work. That was that if you mess up, right. then you are obviously clueless and you are asleep and you are not awake. And so we're, we're not going to listen to you. We're going to cancel you or whatever like that. Mm. And so, you know, then it, it becomes more um, antagonistic, you know, as a right. concept. And it becomes a thing that other people are going to 
re retaliate against. Uh, right. And again, it goes back to what Jackson was saying. It, it becomes more divisive, uh, which right. is the opposite of what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to be about. What it, right. Theoretically could be drawing people together. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, that's interesting. I had written down some verses that uh, came to my mind and I, uh, 1 Corinthians 9 was not one of them. I hadn't really thought about it in quite that uh, same way, you know, in the, from that perspective of trying to communicate with and relate to people from different backgrounds, uh, whatever the difference may be. And I, and I really yeah. like, I really appreciate that, especially because of the end game for Paul. The end game was so that not by all any means I might save some. Yes. You know, he says it, he says he does it for the sake of the gospel, you know, and for the sake of the gospel, I won't be a Democrat or a Republican, you know, for the sake of the gospel, I'm not going to try to get hung up on, you know, this or that, or, you know, any of those boundaries, I'm going to try to see through those, to see over those and when necessary right. and when possible to knock those down. Because the gospel is more important than all of those things. Exactly, exactly. And, and our, our membership, our citizenship in God's kingdom is so much more important than our membership or citizenship in, 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 a, in, in a racial group, in a socioeconomic group, in a gender group, or whatever. I mean, it's... Uh, it doesn't mean those things cease to exist. Right. You know, uh, but but it, what's our priority? You know, our main priority is, is to that above all else. Uh, right. I, right. At least I think that's what Paul is saying. And, you know, this is a guy oh, absolutely. who his his whole background before this, you know, before this change in his Ooh. life, yeah. he was not interested in knocking down walls at all. No, he was you not. Know? He was really <laughs> happy with the walls he had up. That's right. Um, that's right. And so the change that occurs in him is an example, I believe, to us as to how much of a shift we need to be willing to make. What do yes. I need to be willing to give up? You know, in other places, it well, you know, Paul's going to say, I'm willing to give up everything. You know, I'm willing mm. to count all the stuff that I've got rubbish. as trash and rubbish <laughs> so that I can, you know, I can reach the real goal, the, the measure, the stature of, of the Son of God. Right. And share in, in his resurrection and then share that with other people. And um, if I have to be awake, if I have to be alert, if I have to be conscientious of what's going on with other people around me in order to reach them, why would I not? Absolutely. We have like, like Paul, from what we've talked about, Paul seems to be a pretty woke dude. Like <laughs> he, he is, if we're using the definition of awareness, like he he's so aware of this is what it's going to take for me to, to get to heaven. This is the action that I have to take. Like if we're applying the same things that are happening today, like Paul, Paul's fitting a lot of those things, but his goal wasn't to, to, you know, like we've talked about tear down walls, for himself, but to, to build a kingdom. Like he was, he was there to, right. to bring others in. Um, yeah. so like if, if I've got a, I, a couple years ago, I learned how to skateboard. My, my mindset was I'm going to be able to relate to all these skater kids, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> did that actually happen? No, I fell a couple <laughs> times and I was like, I'm done with this. Um, uh, nope. <laughs> but now, Hey, I can understand what it feels like to fall. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm woke right. to the, I'm woke to the bales, you know, like you can appreciate <laughs> I, yeah, I can appreciate I can appreciate what it feels like to fall. And so like I can I can talk to people about that. And then hopefully if it's as simple as that, is it that that's an end to 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 somebody at the skate park that I met. And, you know, the next thing you know, you've got them come to church with you. It it, it can be pretty effective. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think I want to ask this one last question, I think. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Adam. Are you woke? <laughs> mm. Yeah. And again, you know, I have my definition of what I like for woke. Yes. And I, as much as I can, I'm always going to try to be optimistic and I'm always going to try to put a more positive spin on anything, you know, that I'm encountering as much as I possibly can. Right. So I'm saying this with the full knowledge 
that there are definitely people who have an agenda and who are using the term woke as a negative connotation. You know, yes. they say that to be woke means to be uh, against, uh, you know, uh, certain things or to be trying to shut down people who who don't get it or who aren't in the know, you know, and that kind of stuff. But right. You talked about Bible verses earlier, you know, and there are Paul does use the term for being awake in kind of a, you know, a similar conscientious, you know, state of mind. Yes. You know, he says in Romans 13, verse 11, now is the time to awaken from sleep. In First Thessalonians 5, verses 6, he says, let us not sleep as others do, but be right. alert and sober. Now, his context is not uh, the original context of, of what woke meant, which is social, you know, action and, and racial right. prejudice right. and things like that. He's talking about spiritual wokeness. And I feel like if if you know if you were gutsy enough, you could take that and you could say spiritual wokeness is more significant than racial wokeness, than political wokeness, than any other terminology for wokeness. There's going to be people that will not agree with that statement, right? And I yeah. will be more than happy to, to have a, a bigger conversation. <laughs> so I'm not saying that you know that's the only way to have this use this terminology, right? Sure. Uh, because this is very, it's, it's a very, uh, you know, uh, heavy word. It carries a lot of baggage for a lot of people. So I'm not trying to co-opt it from its original use, but I am saying, Paul says, spiritually, you need to be awake and you need to be aware of the larger, the bigger picture that is the spiritual reality. Right. There is an eternity. And if you're not preparing for it, then you are asleep, Right. Jesus yes. tells parables, you know, same kind of thing, you know, right. the definition, the, the idea of being asleep versus being awake. And who knows if that's not where the slang, you know, maybe originated, uh, you know, as it began to be applied to the concept of awareness and alertness in other areas. So in the sense of knowing today that that word is so volatile, I think you have to be very careful to just say that I'm woke. but in the sense that to be woke means to be aware of and attentive to the conscientious things that are going on around us, to be aware of other people's perspectives and experiences and, and recognize their differences from us so that I can make a conscientious connection to them. I believe we have to be woke in the sense of recognizing just because it has or has not happened to me doesn't mean that's the only thing that I need to focus on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a, another way of, of answering that from a maybe the more negative perspective or the negative side of it is, you know, as far as our identity as Christians, we need to be very careful uh, about using that term in in very blanket, right. um, pejorative ways. Uh, I think you need to be careful on both sides because yes. if we have this exact same podcast in 10 years, it would have to be a different podcast. Probably. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. This word is this word is in process right now. Exactly. It is changing daily right now. And so for some people, it's going to have a negative connotation and you're not going to be able to shake that. And for some people, it's going to have a positive connotation. And you're not going to be able to shake that. So you need to be able to speak both of those languages depending on who you're talking to and avoid, you know, again, the pest, the optimist in me, you know, says, try to see the good in, in everything. And there are certainly good things, a lot of good things. Uh, if it's not taken to an extreme, if it's not taken too far, but I would say that about everything. I would say just about sure. everything is dangerous in the extremes. Absolutely. Uh, yes. This, this would just be a, another part of that. Another, um, way to you know another example of how that plays out right and I, and, and and maybe because we are a little more familiar with the extremes uh when it comes to the uses of this term uh, yeah but uh but i think as as we're wrapping things up what we really want to to remember ultimately is that as we use caution in how we use this term and as we use caution in in any assumptions we make about people that do or don't use this term, ultimately, like Paul, our goal is uh, eternity. Our, our goal is 
to be in Christ. And another portion of that goal is found in Mark chapter 12 and verse 31, when Jesus says or reminds us that we are to love our neighbor as mm. ourselves. Right. A lot of the knee-jerk reactions to this term especially are, are reactions that that are not keeping that they don't lend themselves to a loving interaction <laughs> right right uh jackson uh, you we we haven't uh allowed you to say a whole lot today. that is that is okay <laughs> i i have enjoyed listening because this is this is something like I, I was telling brian um the term woke for me like I wasn't aware of it um, until it started to come up in political conversations. And as a as a teenager and and someone in my mid twenties, the only exposure that I've had to the term woke has mostly been in the pejorative way. Right, and so right. it's it's not it's not something that I would have ever considered being like it. it it's good to be woke in the in the correct context. So right. um, I've enjoyed listening and and understanding it from that perspective. Hopefully there are a lot of people that are listening that are like me and like, okay, this, this makes sense now. <laughs> cool. Well, we, we really appreciate Adam. We really appreciate you being with us today. We are, are glad that you agreed to come and speak on a subject that is very difficult. Uh, yeah. And this would not be the the topic that I would have imagined being chosen to, to come address on a podcast. That's right. That's definitely the case. And anybody is again. I am I am definitely human, and I am more than happy for anybody listening to this podcast to reach out and and offer me some more education on this subject because I do not claim to be anybody who has the the right to to speak on this too much, but. Just to think critically, I think we can think critically about anything. So that's what we were just trying to do today. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, we really appreciate it. And uh, we really appreciate everyone uh, who has listened to this podcast all the way through to this point. Uh, we, we hope that not everybody just turned it off as soon as they found out what we were discussing. But uh, we especially pray that it has been helpful to you and helpful to your identity as a follower of Jesus Christ. And we are praying that you have a great week. Take care.